Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. On this week's show, we'll be looking at the history of All Elite Wrestling, along with this past week's Dynamite, and looking into, and up to, and forward to, Full Gear. Welcome once again to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. As always, I'm your gracious host, Mark Blake, and I'm joined by my friends from across the pond, Mark Madison and Pete Moon. Just before we hand over to them, I'd just like to say thank you to all the the great kind words we had last week from the WWE episode. It's um, It was a departure from our usual tack, and it went down a storm, according to you guys and girls out there. So hands together, praying, thank you very much, in a Corey Graves kind of style. Uh, it's very much appreciated. It's nice to know that what we're doing resonates with you lot. Guys, Mark, Pete, how are we doing? Mark, how are we doing over there first? We're doing great. Uh, good times ahead. Very good times ahead. I'm excited. <laughs> For lots of different reasons, but yeah. Nice and short and sweet from you, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Pete, how are you? I, I know we've got uh, some congratulations in order for you. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, had orientation with a new job and going to be starting out on Monday, so I'm equal parts kind of tired and kind of excited. Fantastic. That's such good news for you, from you both. Obviously, Mark's not going to go into too much detail it's very, very personal, and, and Pete has a new job, which means possibly less of Pete on the site, folks. Now, don't worry, fans. He will still be around. He'll still be on the pod. He will still do his brace for impact but he will be less around on the site. So you'll still get your peak fix. Do not worry. Now, as I alluded to in the, the beginning there of this pod, last week was a kind of WWE retrospective and a, a, a look forward and a bit of fancy booking. It went down really well. And at the end of last week's show, we all kind of agreed that this week will be AEW. And as last week's format worked, we're going to do it the same again this week. So it's all about AEW. That young upstart company is quite a few internet open, open air quotes journalists have, have called them the history of AEW can be attributed to one comment in May 2017 Dave Meltzer commented that Ring of Honor couldn't sell 10,000 tickets for a wrestling event Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks took exception to this comment and ended up promoting and holding an independent professional wrestling event called All In on September 2018 this event sold out in 30 minutes and had the largest audience in attendance for a professional wrestling show in America that wasn't WWE or WCW since 1993. An amazing 11,263 people watched history being made. The official announcement of AEW's creation came on January the 1st, 2019 in an episode of Being the Elite. This episode of Being the Elite also had the first mentioning of Double or Nothing, AEW's first ever pay-per-view. A week later after the Being the Elite YouTube show, outside TIAA Bankfield, a press conference took place where the talents were announced that were going to perform as part of the promotion. SoCal Uncensored, Hangman Adam Page, Dr. Britt Baker, Joey Janela, Pac and even Chris Jericho were all announced to the delight of hundreds in attendance. At the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, the current AEW World Heavyweight Champion John Moxley debuted and the company has not looked back. On October 2nd, 2019, 
AEW's flagship program Dynamite aired for the very first time to rave reviews from industry insiders and wrestling fans alike. And this weekend, All Elite Wrestling will be holding a second full gear pay-per-view. Things are certainly looking good for this young upstart promotion. Mark, let's, let's hand this over to you. Sure. With um, AEW being such a young company, it's a bit hard to say what got you into it, like I did last week with WWE. So I'm going to try and word it like this. Was it because it's a brand new upstart company, you know, that, that new shiny feeling, and they're going to, you know, hit a right hander on, on, on Vince's nose? Is that why you started watching it? Was it because that they brought in this talent that you've been watching for many years, this, this indie talent like Cody and the Bucks and Kenny and all the other? Or was there something else? What was it about AEW that, that got you into them, mate? It's funny that you say it that way because it really is a combination of things. Um, we looked at AEW on, on potentially being the rise at a point where Impact, we weren't quite sure of where they were. I mean, they've turned the corner, we'd say, a little more after AEW has, uh, it's, or it's had spurts of that, where it's been a lot more consistent. Coincidentally, maybe when Pete has been previewing them, I don't know, I'm just going to call it as it is, might be that. But another reason could be uh, competition. Uh, at the same time, Ring of Honor seemed to lose that muster that made them so special. A lot of their talent moved on. And then developing talent became even harder because they were looking for the next option. So those things kind of lead you in the direction of, well, you've got an owner that has virtually untapped, like they have resources beyond resources, being an NFL owner, which exceeds a billionaire in Vince McMahon with being a billionaire multiple times over. It, it's intriguing as to what could happen. That that was intriguing as potentially being something to be interested in. But you did mention the idea of independent wrestling wrestlers being a part of it, and that drew me too. There are tons of independent stars that are still either they're working with AEW or they're on the independents or they're balancing between the po both being on AEW Dark. You're getting exposure to them. They're getting seen. It's almost like an opportunity to be seen on television without the feeling that you're tied to that that uh, promotion. So that did intrigue me. Uh, then the idea of talent coming over from different promotions and coming together and almost creating this super group, which has that recipe for either being great or not. And that's what intrigued me as well, too, initially. So though the, that combination of things is really something that keeps me watching and wondering and curious. Um, I do have my questions about them, but maybe not the same questions others do. I know there, there are fans that tend to bicker with other fans and are critical and feel like, one are apologists and one aren't and one accepts them and one doesn't. Didn't want to get into that, but I, it's really too hard to judge a, a promotion on the second year in the midst of a pandemic. So what does it look like if your crowds are alive or there? What does that look like? So it's, uh, it's something to look at long term, I think. 
nice to hear someone put some thought, <laughs> thought behind their answer because I floated this the same kind of question to a couple of my wrestling buds over here. And I, all I got back was, oh, I'm a huge fan of Kenny, or I'm a huge fan of the Bucks, or I'm a huge fan of blah, 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 blah. And because they was in AEW, we started watching. So, so to not hear that and hear a, a, a thoughtful, intelligent answer about just the company itself and the backer and the owner is, um, yeah, it's different. So it's a breath of fresh air. What about you, Pete? Are you, please, <laughs> I'll probably just, just, set you up there haven't i (laughs) yeah really i mean uh yeah like i was a fan of of a lot of the people who showed up at uh all in back in 2018 2016 2018 it's been a long couple years Uh, but yeah i i remember watching all in and seeing a whole bunch of people that i'd seen live a couple of times uh, Ethan Page was was in the over budget battle royal that time. I was expecting that he would show up in All Elite Wrestling when the time came, but uh, it seems like he has found his his groove in Impact Wrestling, where he and Josh Alexander were, of course, the longest reigning Impact Tag Team Champions. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a case of of not only being such a fan of these of of the the indie talent. But also kind of knowing that there's kind of a, a stigma amongst them about going to WWE or that like they had tried to, to get into WWE before. But, you know, for whatever reason, they just they just didn't. You know, a lot of people who I who I'd liked to have seen in AEW have have found their have found their groove and impact. And that's that's all well and good. But yeah, like you said, or uh, like I said before, it was really just because I knew that you know Kenny Omega the Young Bucks Hangman Adam Page it, even though WWE were handing them potentially lots of money and i think they even they even gave Adam Page or they offered Adam Page like a whole bunch more creative control over the direction of his character and all this stuff that it was going that it was going to get in NXT but you know they all turned it down so it was a case of seeing where are they going to end up next? And then when they announced All Elite Wrestling, it was like, well, now we know. Now we know that these people are going somewhere where not only are they going to be making a respectable amount of money, but they're going to be making, they're going to be wrestling their way. They're not going to be beholden to Vince McMahon or anyone who's, uh, uh, anyone with all that, that kind of power backstage in the WWE. And they're kind of, they're, they're free to do, something else something new that's that's another interesting point it's, there's been lots of talk that when kenny and cody and the bucks and the higher ups on the food chain of AEW when they got their contracts there was talk that they were going to be some kind of involvement between themselves and every other wrestler going forward about their storylines so to hear that from AEW where You've got Tony Khan and, and everyone else up there saying, yep, yeah, we actively are looking for our wrestlers, our talent, to get involved with their storylines. And then on the other end of the scale, you've got Vince McMahon, who is standing there like a headmaster with a cane in his hand going, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to be. We don't need to hear from you because we've got these writers that don't know their ass from their elbow. It's it's great. I, it, 
it's how it used to be to a, to a certain point, how Vince used to be. He used to have their, his talent back then come in and get involved and how they can see their storyline going and, and match projections and everything else. And then he went corporate and that all stopped. <laughs> Whereas AEW are already a corporate entity and they're still involved in it. It's, it's, it's great. It really is. What about you guys? Is that, can you see both fans? Can you see the, any merit in, in Vince's and in Tony Khan's way of doing things? With Vince's way of doing things, like the, the, there, it, had, it, it really has merit based on who's writing. Because we think of, you know, when the writing was really good, like the Attitude Era, and you have, well, I don't want to get too, uh, too much in praise of Vince Russo, but <laughs> it, was, it was what it was, and it was pretty darn good, even when it was, even, even in the times when it was hit, hit and miss. And then there was, um, uh, who was it who took, after, who took over right after him? Chris, Chris Kalinsky? Chris Kremsky? Oh, I can't remember for the life I, of me. Yeah, I, I know it's uh, I know it's like a double C sound. Uh, and it's, I can tell us that it's not something I've I've thought about <laughs> that much in in the, since the last time anyone brought it up. But you still you look at those guys who were definitely getting input from wrestlers. Like I remember hearing about Edge and Christian talking about where they wanted their storylines to go. Uh, but like I said, it was it it really depends on the caliber of writer you have in the in the writer's room that name that name sorry mate was chris kresky so he was bang chris on kresky. yeah so close yeah uh, i i didn't want to interrupt you but yeah <laughs> anyway yeah chris kresky and uh you know it was really uh, really the best part about the the attitude era and and you you kind of see that in AEW right now is that everyone has something to do and when that's the case everything becomes much easier to plan because you know what someone's shtick is, how that fits into the overall scheme. And then you can see where paths might cross. And with those paths crossing, that's when you get the opportunity at least to build interesting storylines based on who has good chemistry and, and who's got interesting styles and gimmicks. And yeah, that's, that's my take very, very broadly. That's cool. So so what about you, Mark? Are, are you are you a, a Tony Khan guy? Are you a Vincent Mann guy? Are you a Paul Heyman guy? Are you a Mark Blake guy? Come on, what is it? <laughs> well, I'm always a Mark Blake guy, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely more so. I, I think there's I think elements of all of them have been effective and have messed up in one way, shape, or form. Like it's it can't all be one thing. And they've flopped on some of their writing and some of their concepts and some of their projections on things. And they've hit home runs on things, right? I can definitely say I'm a really well-manicured Vince Russo is still a a work, a lot of work in progress. Uh, I can lean more so in some of the qualities that came about from Paul Heyman writing around SmackDown, around 2003 and four, two, maybe 2002, 2005. That was really fun time. Maybe my favorite time watching SmackDown and the WWE. SmackDown 6. And he was responsible for that. Sorry? SmackDown 6. Yeah, yeah, the SmackDown 6. That's always what we're talked about. Um, But 
I I always wonder when when talent have complete control if if there's always that willingness eventually do you get tired of what is uh, I mean for more selfish reasons do they do they think okay well we we need to think about what's best for business but ultimately if wins and losses especially is what they've advocated counted is that the direction that they end up looking at it as do i become more credible if i've the string of wins am i less credible because i have the string of losses is a string of losses tied to a storyline sometimes yes i don't know i mean brandon cutler has one win and i think 24 losses and you know he he looks he's got makeup on and he looks like a human dragon ball z i really don't know if that resonates with people um if he's super talented but does he stand out as a talent that you want to go and watch and that's some of the fear with having an influx of guys where not everybody gets a chance or a sense there's got to be a quality about that person that stands out that you want to watch every week that you're following them in and out and i think that's been probably my biggest gripe about AEW. So, so with AEW's booking, you're saying it, it, there's a lots of hits and, and a few misses, but the misses yeah. are so glaringly obvious, or, or or words to that effect, that that's what your takeaway is. I can, yeah. I can think of one. I can think of one thing. It was um, Brandy Rhodes and the Nightmare Collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that storyline started going somewhere, and then Awesome Kong brought out a knife, started cutting off people's hair. And then it got dropped like a hot potato, never thought of again. And when she got called out on it on Twitter, saying, well, where's the storyline gone? She blatantly said the storyline was going nowhere, so we killed it. Now, you wouldn't see that in WWE. They would play that storyline to death. <coughs> Retribution. Um, Beat me to it. They, they would. They'll, they'll play it to death and then go, oh, well, it didn't work. Also, we mentioned Retribution. So anyone who's playing the drinking game at home, there's one. There you go. Take a shot right now, folks. <laughs> you won't be standing by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's. I can see where you're coming from, but on the same on the same way that you know AEW, Brandy, and and Tony Khan and everyone else involved in the booking, I, I look look like they'll quite easily drop a a storyline like you know like that if it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's still a young, it's still a young company. So there's plenty of time to do more cock ups and everything else. Not that I'm trying to sound like a grumpy old fart, but but at the but same yeah. time, like so we hit for like an example. We also had Brandy and the Bunny, or Brandy and Allie, being yeah. a tandem that was working together, wasn't, and then it wasn't working. It kind of ran its course. Um, there was always tension, and then she was brought back into the fold with the butcher and the blade, which I always thought was a a fun dynamic to have the three of them. I mean, the the real life marriage between the blade and the bunny, and then the longtime friendship between the butcher and the blade outside of wrestling too. I, I'm I'm kind of concerned about the butcher, to be quite honest, because oh, yeah. Andy Andy Williams is working I think five jobs now because he's a guitarist. With every time I die, he's. Yep. A butcher. He's a wrestler. He's a butcher. He's a hitman, I think, because I've seen him take money from MJF to beat up somebody. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's that's four jobs right near one of them is criminal so is andy williams doing okay oh. does he need help he's he's going through tough times like everyone else in the world and he's diversifying his jobs that's what he's doing you've got to give him credit for that bless him with we can tie we can tie that into my next question with it being 18 months and a bit old what do you think have been the defining matches and or rivalries because the booking is going to play a part in that too well moxley and and jericho yeah um moxley and sorry jericho and and cody i guess to start things off um Uh, jericho and orange cassidy cody and mjf but i'm not really sure did they have their blow off did they really yeah i i don't think i don't think that's that's finished i think they kind of put that on a slow on a slower burn Mm -hmm. yeah i like that though Mm -hmm. i'd like to throw out there cody and darby allen my my little wingman absolutely loves darby allen he is one of his favorite wrestlers he loves the fact that he's a skateboarder and and so cool the tattoos and everything else but if it wasn't for for cody and the booking my little wingman wouldn't know who Darby Allen is. It's Darby, uh, Cody uh, uh, elevated Darby Allen. He's also elevated Orange Cassidy and quite a few others on the AW roster. So people see more eyes on, on them rather than seeing them on dark. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. people are watching dark and spending more time on their phones looking at Facebook or Twitter than they are on, on the TV. It's the, the, the booking, as you said again, has helped these rivalries, has helped promote and grow these these talent. I mean, as you said, you said Orange Cassidy. The guy's gone from being being the, the valet of best friends to one of the biggest stars of the company right now. And he hasn't hardly wrestled a lot. That's great booking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to keep your your secret weapons to yourself for the most part. Yeah. Um, uh, how about things that should have gone well and just haven't gone well. And the one stands out is Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. Well, we'll touch on that in a bit later on, but yeah, I mean, going their matches on the, um, the full gear card. So we'll, we'll expand on that a bit further, but I I know exactly, I know exactly what you're saying there. That should be written down on paper. You seeing it in black and white. You think that's going to elevate. Sammy Guevara. And unfortunately, due to injuries, this feud just hasn't caught fire. I don't know if that's booking or if that's the injuries itself or could it be the COVID and no fans? I, I, I don't know. But you've, you've definitely got one there. That, that just hasn't, to me personally, caught fire. What about you guys? No. Yeah, it's, it's really one that's, that kind of got uh, uh, scuttered by the suspension of Sammy Guevara and the concussion to Matt Hardy. Now, I think that this one you can you can chalk up mostly to to those um, external consequences or external externalities rather than anything that they did necessarily inside the ring. Because uh, like they have decent chemistry, they can put on. They can put on some strong performances, as we saw with the uh, Stadium Stampede, and mm-hmm. I think I think they had a match on Dynamite one. Um, but yeah, the fact that this feud had to be put on ice basically after after Full Gear and and even uh, over the summer kind of has kind of played a, a bigger role in in 
making it fall flat than Matt Hardy or or Sammy Guevara having any lacking in in the talent department. Yes, yeah, it is a shame. The ingredients were there. It was just ah, just didn't catch. But then we've still got this this Saturday to go, and um, we'll we'll talk about that a bit later. Is there anything else that you can think of, guys, that just just really hasn't hit the mark? I am kind of underwhelmed at this Young Bucks FTR booking. So is FTR. If you read the uh, dirt sheets, did you read them over the past couple of days? I, I haven't actually. Yeah. I haven't. It's been a long time since I've read dirt sheets. <laughs> Basically, both. Um, was it Dash and Dax, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, Ka- Cash, Cash, Cash and Dax. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Cash and Dax have gone on record saying that they are underwhelmed with how this um, this match of theirs has been been planned out and booked. They were expecting big things. This is a match that they've wanted for years. This is a match that the Bucks and the general public have wanted for years. This is the match that they both of them handed in repeatedly their notices in WWE to have this match and it's a bit of a damp squid really okay so are they not all part of coordinating this match and the booking around it because if they're all disappointed they're all to blame for it they can either make it achieve if they're if they're responsible sorry there's this is a part where i'm like we can bicker about what isn't working or we could shut up and actually try to make it right you can see this is not working. You, none of you are happy about it. So fix it. Work the together. Talent, the talent themselves do have an input in how things are booked. But just the same as it does with Vince, the final answer or the fin- final decision is with Tony Khan. So they can try and, and explain to him how they want things and how they expect things. But if Tony says no, then Tony says no. Even with the so Bucks this... being executive VPs, it doesn't oh. it doesn't matter. It's his money on the end of the at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. He's paying them, and with FTR being, I would say, new to the promotion, yeah, maybe their their voice isn't as strong as 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 the Bucks. You know, with the Bucks being executive VPs, they're still getting paid by by Tony Khan, so they're employees. Yeah. Uh, another storyline that kind of fizzled out. I don't even know whether to call it a storyline. Matt Cardona was in AEW for a cup of coffee. He had he had a dyna- match on Dynamite, and then he had a what was it, Nate Man tag match at uh, yeah. All Out, and and now we've not heard from him since. Well, so the rumor, rumor was that he was only on a, a four or five match contract, even if there was a might have been a handshake agreement. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, might have been a deal. It it feels like. As a, as a fan watching it, he was brought in to cover Cody while Cody was out. And then Cody came back and Matt has gone off to make millions on his wrestling figures. <laughs> and we all know that's true because the guy's spending a fortune and selling them on for even bigger prices. Well, so fair play to him. Yeah. It's a living. It truly is. <laughs> so that's, that's that part done is it, what what things have you really really enjoyed what you know what matches what what feuds have you enjoyed let's finish this part on on a high note i am enjoying hangman's split from or at least the the arc that hangman has been taking hangman adam page has been taking lately uh i say lately it's, it's since february mm-hmm. like i think to play that story as seriously as 
AEW has been has been playing it and kind of you know uh, uh, doing a better job of portraying a man's spiral into alcoholism than WWE did with with Road Warrior Hawk. Oof, ooh, yeah, ooh. It certainly shows that if AEW is going to tackle sort of those more mature storylines and give us something that's a little more, a little edgier than what WWE would put out. It's important also that they take great care in how they how they portray those storylines. Mm-hmm. And so I like that the split that that Hangman's decision to split from the elite to forge his own path has also had these consequences that we didn't necessarily see coming and that he's got more to overcome than just his connection to Cody and Kenny and the Young Bucks. Uh, I've liked I've liked Orange Cassidy's rise from obscurity to near main event level. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed MJF's arc, even if it's been a little meandering. Yeah, and MJF it he started off this arc, so it, it started off on a great curve. It was it was going really really well. And then it kind of just plateaued. It didn't tail off. It just kind of plateaued for a, a while. And now it, it's starting to pick up steam again. So I'm, I'm not too sure why that MJF build at the beginning push was, was suddenly not curtailed or stopped, but just plateaued. He was left in the background while a few other things and pieces were moved around him. I'm not, I, it's just strange to me. I thought they were going to push him from the office as like one huge heel. Could it be pandemic related? Could it be that you you ne- didn't necessarily have the audience at that point, and then maybe health was an issue on his end? Was he? I'm not sure. Legitimacy of his own health might have been where everything kind of was on a standstill. I think the problem was that they pulled the trigger on this storyline or on the the MJF and Cody storyline before there was. A mid-card championship for them to clash over. Mm. That makes sense. Because if if it had been Cody can't challenge for the AEW championship anymore, but he can hold the TNT championship as much as he likes, for him to have a match with MJF over that title makes a whole bunch more sense than them just going back into into the shuffle. Another thing occurred to me, if we're prepared to move on from MJF and Cody briefly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, quietly on AEW Dark, they've had a very compelling storyline with Brendan Cutler and the librarian Peter Avalon mm-hmm. with their with their losing streak and them teaming up to uh, to try to get a win. And then finally, when they faced each other and, and it ended in double count out, only to then face each other in an ODQ match. I think that was phenomenal long long term booking and so under the radar that like I don't even know why I don't know why this wasn't on on Dynamite. Mainly because the librarian character hasn't caught on with the general public, I think. <laughs> That's what I would put it to. F- fair enough. I mean I've I've watched Avalon about a year or eighteen months before he joined AEW. So I kinda knew he knew about him and knew his work, but saddling him with this librarian gimmick yeah, it's it's a bit hokey, I think, for me. Well, there's 
It's a shared gimmick, though, too. Isn't Leva Bates Leva part Bates. of that? Yeah, role? Leva Bates also yeah. is also the librarian. But yeah, I guess I guess it really was something that they were keeping for uh, the the being the elite crowd. Mm-hmm. See, I feel bad because I haven't watched Dark in bloody months. I have not watched Dark. I I've, I keep hearing all these like stories and, and tweets and posts about how some great matches on there, and but then I see like an advert for dark and it's like oh on this week's dark we've got like 15 matches you're like what yeah it's an hour show yeah it's all gonna be two or three minutes long i know i I mean i know i've got a short attention span but bloody hell give me more than that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember a couple times seeing the the pop-up for aw dark results on dynamite and wondering how how long is dark (laughs) that they're able to cram in all these matches yeah, it's an hour show, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our show, YouTube. Check There's it no out, promos folks. given again yeah. on yeah. YouTube. Right? Yeah, check mm-hmm. it out. It is a good show. Um, admittedly, as I just said, I haven't watched it in months, but uh, from what I've I've read, read and heard from people who I trust, that uh, it's it's always a good show. So give that a shout, give that a watch, give that a look, see, and um, yeah. Come back to us and tell us how, or tell tell me how wrong I am and how naughty and just berate me, much like my wife does when I don't do the washing up after dinner. <laughs> That's that part done, folks. That is the 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 backstory of AEW. We're gonna quick break. We're gonna, as usual, at this part of the show, I'm gonna hand it over to the head honcho of Pro Wrestling Post, my good buddy Mark Madison, who's got a couple of past and future pieces. So, Mark, what is the deal this week? Well, this past week, um, it's been an interesting week for us at the site. Uh, anybody that's followed, at least those of us that are part of staff, know that um, if we had hair, Mark and I would be pulling it out. Um, <laughs> for, uh, But as far as pieces that have come out that have been pretty special, um, I wanted to refer to a couple in particular. One was uh, from John Hill. Uh, he shared this past week about Jimmy Jacobs. He is the zombie princess himself and really brilliant mind for the business. Uh, very underrated, I think, in a lot of stories, a lot of storytelling that's done. Jimmy Jacobs has probably been a part of it. But when you look at him in front of the camera, you don't get the same response or he doesn't necessarily get the same respect but he is well respected by peers and those that are paying attention and i would definitely encourage anybody this was one of the last pieces we had as part of our uh, seven nights of fright series Uh, this was just a bit of a hangover piece that uh, we extended it because we enjoyed it and the the life and times of the zombies and princess jimmy jacobs was one of our focal points Uh, another past piece this week that we were quite enjoying, actually, was that about Miss Serena Deeb, uh, current NWA world champion. Jake Landmesser had a chance to preview her as part of our AEW talent previews, had a chance to talk about her and what she's contributed, her career in OVW. Um, one of our other writers has actually trained. He messaged me afterwards. Mike Bryan trained in OVW with Serena Deeb, has said nothing but positive things about her help the the next person out as much as she would work as hard herself. So it was about ri- raising everybody else to be elite. Ironically enough, that is what 
the NWA women's champion is. She's all elite. And so those were the couple of the past pieces that stood out this week for us. Now, this coming month, the month of November, we're going to commemorate. It is listed as National American Indian Heritage Month. And to show respect, to make aware fans of the past and the contributions of not just uh, American Indians, but Aboriginal those that are First Nations in Canada as well, and their contributions to wrestling, how it's gone more from just being a gimmick to an embracing of a lifestyle and who they are as as a people and a culture and how their contributions to wrestling are just as important to anyone else's. So over the course of the month, you will see pieces from uh, historians like our Dr. Mike Lano to Ian Ag- of Bucks of Busky. Um, we also will have pieces as well for myself. Uh, some of our other writers will have chimed in, showing interest as well. An exciting time. Lots of different pieces to expect over the course of the month. Anything specifically this coming week? I, I don't want to tip my hand on because, well, we want to make sure that we have something concrete. But otherwise, uh, that's what we can look for this week and really throughout the course of November. That's right, guys and girls. We don't we don't tell you exactly what's coming out. We uh, we give you a brief overview, and then you get your sweet sweet eyes onto the site every day, and just um, just keep an eye out on, on what's coming out. So that's the the past and future pieces done and dusted for another week. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, before we move on, just like to ask you, lovely listeners, to once again rate and review us on your podcast providers. That that would be great. A five-star review and some nice words would be fantastic. A one-star review and some harsh words, yeah, not so great, but at least you're interacting with us. It would be great. It, everything you do for us pays the bills, and in these hard times, we've all got bills to pay, so you'll know how that is. Let's go forward. Let's go, let's go into this weekend. So this weekend for AEW, we have their second-ever full-gear pay-per-view. Have you guys seen the car? Yes, I have. Yeah, right. So it, I think this is the finalised card because Tony Khan keeps moving a few things around. So as of recording, which is half past nine on a Thursday night in the UK, this is the card. So the buy-in or the pre-show, we have the NWA World Women's World Championship up for grabs where the aforementioned Serena Deeb will take on Alison Kay. Then we have Orange Cassidy against John Silver from the Dark Order. We also have Chris Jericho against MJF with the proviso that if, if, if MJF wins, he can join the inner circle. We have the, the cinematic spectacle that will be the Elite Deletion, which is Matt Hardy against Sammy Guevara. We have um, one hell of a match on our hands where the winner of this match will receive a future AEW world title shot. This is Kenny Omega against Hangman Page, former partners. Going on, we have the AEW World Tag Team Championship. We've got FTR, the champions, taking on the Young Bucks in a dream match for many people, myself included. The AEW TNT Championship is Cody against Darby Allen. The AEW Women's World Championship is Hikaru Shida against Nyla Rose. And, of course, the all-important big one, the AEW World Championship, is an I-quit match with John Moxley defending his title against former friends, now major foe, Eddie Kingston. Guys, that is a stacked card for a three-hour show. It's going to be tight, I think. Anything there, take fancy. 
anything there you want to poo-poo on, hit me up, talk to me, go. Pete, what you got? Ooh, uh, <laughs> Serena Deeb versus Allison K. I, I really like Serena Deeb. Uh, I've, I, I went back to look at her work uh, with the Straight Edge Society. Oh, that was uh, so good. When I was, yeah, when I was coming back to pro wrestling and started starting to to get the sense of stuff I, I missed while I was away. And yeah, her work with, with the Straight Edge Society and CM Punk is, is incredible. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus John Silver uh, seems like kind of a step down after having matches with Chris Jericho and Cody. Uh, I'm excited to see what this Elite Deletion match is going to look like. Because it's from from the title, it seems like it's going to be a, a cinematic match. Yeah, and, and I'm always interested to see how cinematic matches goes. And and you know, Matt Hardy just he's he's just so talented when it comes to these uh, strange masterpieces that he's made with between him and his brother, and all the stuff that happened in Impact. Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose seems a, a rematch that's long overdue. But at the same time, still kind of suffers from the lack of inspiration that I'm seeing in the women's division in AEW right now. Like we said, FTR versus the Young Bucks seems kind of seems like it's like it's, like it's going to be a damp squib. Uh, you forgot to mention Tully Blanchard banned from ringside. Oh, I did, didn't yep. I? Yes, that was yep. mentioned. Yes. And Sorry, if the, folks. and if the Bucks were to lose, they'll never challenge again for the titles. So I'm wondering. Stakes are high. Yeah, what does that mean for them moving forward should they lose? Because, you know, it's not like there's another tag team championship that's floating around in AEW for them to challenge for. Whereas, you know, Cody has the TNT championship now. Chris Jericho versus MJF is going to be... It's going to be interesting, to say the least. It's it's not often that we, we see a heel versus heel match. Though, we might be seeing that with FTR and the Young Bucks. Uh, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston feels again feels kind of like feels kind of like an afterthought, just because uh, it seems like Eddie w- has kind of been dragging out his sh- claim to the championship as long as possible. But if this were say John Moxley versus excuse me John Moxley versus Brian Cage or John Moxley versus Lance Archer, I think that would be more fitting for. The championship match on a pay-per-view than John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Not that this is, I necessarily have anything against Eddie. It's just that the build for this has been kind of kind of slapdash in my opinion. And of course, Cody, who now has his name back, he's Cody Rhodes. He'll be <laughs> taking on taking on Darby Allen, and I am excited for that because I don't think they uh, they ever had a rematch for their time limit draw at Fight for the Fallen. Last year? I don't think so, no. Good memory. And uh, well, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page is going to be phenomenal anyway, because we saw that at All In last year. No, it wasn't All In. It was Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that match tore the house down, and I expect them to tear the house down again on Saturday night. Cool. Okay, Mark, same same question to you. Um, so much like Pete, I would just pretty much run through the card uh, and looking at page and, and Omega, I think it would, this would be something where this is the pay, This is the opportunity where page is pushed to the forefront 
much like they've kind of had that burn that you get the feeling that there's something a little more special about him and to see him being classified as the tag team wrestler even by his former partner improves that he as the tag team wrestler beats the consummate singles champion internationally um, especially with how he's been presented recently would be a lot of fun and definitely leads to something interesting if he's the one that's going to challenge moxley um and now what is now cody rhodes much like Pete had mentioned uh from what i've heard the trade-off was he would uh, forego pursuing wwe trademarked names that dusty created in exchange for his name yeah um so which is unfortunate because it really would have been nice for them to have had something about, I think he, he, the way Cody had phrased it was about collecting cattle and trying to herd them, just like the Texan and the cowboy in which Dusty is, is just hurdling his cattle because that was just part of what he did. So uh, it would be interesting to see what would happen with him and Alan. Uh, they're just such different characters does this become the point in which uh, Allen is elevated and he becomes the face of the TNT championship? So many have come closer. Or is is Cody continue to be the front runner and the one that holds on to that title? Do you take it away from him? You know, does this is this become in essence kind of a passing of the torch? What else does Cody move on to from here if he doesn't have the title? So does one person need it as opposed to the other? Um, kind of the questions that you kind of raised. Uh, the FTR tag team match against the Young Bucks, much like we talked about with some of the underwhelming build, I think throwing additional stipulations might be a little bit of an overkill because are, is now the idea that they're trying to make up for what was not exciting enough of a build and been very lackluster to then throw in we will raise the stakes and we will raise the stakes and these are all the things that will play into it what ends up happening if the bucks lose is that something that they hold to or being heelish we're heels we lie um they're granted their opportunity again it makes it would make perfect sense um when looking at moxley and kingston kingston is more of a sentimental favorite I don't think anybody would pick him to be the one to win the title, especially since Kingston has lost to Cody and he's lost in other ways. Um, but this would definitely be more of a coming out, especially since there is a longstanding kind of a relationship and respect amongst the two of them, years of being been in the business. And you're just happy for a guy that's been as committed to the industry as much as he is being put in the main event for a title against his friend. Even in a loss, it's a win. Um, as we continue to look through the card, the Guevara-Hardy match, I think we had talked very briefly about it. This really is make it or break it. I think this is a last-ditch effort to try and make chicken salad out of what has been a comedy of errors. Unfortunately, nobody plans on concussions. Nobody plans on ill falls. Um, poor, ti- poor timing is going to happen. It shouldn't. Is there criticism? Are there comments? That are going to be thrown. Is Guevara going to make mistakes? Yes. Do you hope that he's learned from them? Hopefully, yes. This is where the mentor in in Hardy can really come up, and so we hope that that this elite deletion ends up being that. Do we see tie into other characters come out? Version one. Who knows? Well, it'd be interesting. 
the the thing that just occurred to me about that match, which is uh, hopefully that 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 that'll uh, um, mitigate some of the some of the problems that they've had last time they've clashed, is that it's uh, cinematic, so it's all done in a controlled environment. So did you guys see Matt's tweet from a few days ago? Uh, no. Okay, he he was talking about this match. He was obviously promoting the match, and he. He he talks about how he has got to con- cleanse the vessel of Sammy Guevara at the Lake of Reincarnation. And, oh boy! And he added a, a little video of him throwing a certain Bray Wyatt into the Lake of Reincarnation. So I don't know if that was a dig <laughs> or at, at, at WWE, or if that was him saying, "Hey, look, I helped create the Fiends. Look what I can create with Sammy Guevara." But <laughs> I thought it was it was. It was pretty good, but he Matt himself has gone on record saying that he he has high he has high hopes that this match will be remembered. Um, what else did he say? That it was uh, this is the final the final battle, and it is a definite cinematic style match, and he hopes that this match will be remembered. As as Pete said earlier, he he has great pedigree in cinematic matches, and I think he had a, a major hand in the Stampede um, Stadium Stampede match earlier this year. Which was completely insane, balmy, and fantastic, all in all in one. And I think we can expect the same with this elite deletion. That's that's one of my highlights for this this weekend for me, just because they've well, Matt Hardy's elevated cinematic wrestling to a level that I never knew it could get to, and it's just been more and more ever each each time. Even WWE earlier this year at WrestleMania with the Firefly Funhouse match in the, the graveyard. Uh-huh. It's definitely an option now, and it highlights... Uh, sorry, it doesn't highlight. It hides certain wrestlers' inabilities, so safe to speak. So whereas Matt is not as youthful and agile and quick as he used to be, this match will cover that and show his strengths. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Um, Sheeta and Rose, again, it is kind of this long-standing match that you've kind of waited for to finally happen. Uh, but it's been an opportunity to have this slow burn that not a lot of women's matches or even feuds have really gotten. So while the entire division as a whole is weak, you have to start somewhere. And you have to start even with a small piece. So if it's going to be with Sheeta and Rose, so be it. But really go for broke and really make this something special because they really needed it. Um, There's so many women in this division that can do great things. It just needs that opportunity to do them to do that. So let's hopefully that this is the opportunity that that happens. A little curious about the Jericho MGF match just because does <laughs> much like a presidential election, does MGF go quietly into the night? I really don't know. If this just ends, and they're even in a loss, d- does does he necessarily give up the idea of joining the inner circle, or does Jericho just openly accept? Because even every instance, there has been doubt, doubt, doubt. So why wouldn't there be doubt that even in a loss, that he'd still give up the idea of coming and joining and being accepted when even under a stipulation, much like in the WWE where there's the stipulation of an Uso joining uh, his tribal chief, 
is he going to do it willingly? Is it, I don't know. I, I'm just very doubtful that that's going to quickly be reflected. One of one of my one of my um, close wrestling buds over here floated yeah. the floated the idea that um, MJF joining the inner circle could end up being the the Rock turning against Farouk in the Nation of Domination. So could could there be a slow burn story of MJF joining the inner circle, winning everyone else's trust, and eventually kicking Chris Jericho out of the group? Hmm. Interesting. Then whose inner circle would they be? Oh, they'd be MJF's, wouldn't they? Same as the nation was the rock. Oh, after, okay. After yeah, rock. I see. Yeah, I see where you're going. That would be that would be interesting. But and that slow that, burn. Mm-hmm. But that also assumes that uh, everyone would get. Would would like get along with MJF immediately after joining? Um, well, we all know MJF is is abrasive to say the least. But I think if MJF beats Chris Jericho, the way I would see it is that everyone else in the inner circle would go, "Oh, okay, he's got some talent. He's put one over on on the boss. We'll give him a yard, so to speak, and then MJF will take that yard and a lot a lot more to cozy up and and force." Force Jericho out. That was my friend, Mr. O, who, who posted that, I think, I think, a couple of weeks ago, actually. It hmm. just popped, popped back into my brain. Yeah, that's, that was something that's just floating floating around out there. Just This doesn't have to be the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Does this churn Jericho face? I reckon this will be... If, the, if this came to pass, it's got to be a Jericho face turn. If he's being kicked out of his own group, and MJF is a nasty piece of um, whatever anyway... Mm-hmm. It's, it's instantly instant face turn for Jericho, and that that could be his last hurrah because he's been doing a lot more commentary recently. Yeah, and I think Pete said the other week that Jericho's gone on record to say that he's looking to wind down his career. I mean, at forty eight, it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, he's got a lot, <laughs> lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he said well, he said he said he was going to retire at fifty. There you go. See, he's on he's on so, the wind down already. Um. But, uh, unlike, uh, you know, Pete, that maybe isn't a fan of where the Cassidy Silver is. Match, I actually see this as a good thing for John Silver. If you've been kind of watching him, he's comical in which his approach has been. He stood out as the one guy within the Dark Order, unlike those that are getting the attention. And this is maybe that opportunity to foregrow. He is super, super talented, uh, strong, uh, incredibly strong. Like for a guy his size, I almost wish people had seen some of his work outside of AEW to know what he's capable of. You're getting a chance to see a little bit of the personality. And it's kind of funny where we see this almost over the top yappity um, guy that's pint sized in some respects that has in some ways, I don't want to say Herculean, but really, really strong and really can use that to his advantage in being something different. So you have all the attention of one, of which, say, Orange Cassidy is, being calm and collected. It's kind of like this complexity of characters and how they're so different in some ways and that could have to come together to make something work. So the over-exuberant John Silver and the calm collective uh, Orange Cassidy and let's see what happens here. It may just as well be Cassidy going over again, which 
I don't think hurts him. It just continues to say, well, he's recognized, but what is happening? Or does this lead into a feud with Dark Order, which is not a bad thing because then maybe it leads to something with Brody Lee where he would have to seek retribution for, I don't want to, oh, is that two shots now? And, yeah. Yeah, okay. There you go. Uh, for For the, he took a massive beating at the hands of Lee before, so now this is his chance to redeem himself so let's hope that 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 would come about and maybe that this kind of parlays into the return of Brody lee um as far as the women's match we did mention again serena deeb allison k i don't believe is signed so from what i've been told is or what i've read she's not even under contract with nwa so even though she's a former nwa women's champion She's a free agent. I think she's posted that even on social media. Uh, Billy Corgan's l- allowing those that are feeling kind of restricted in their contracts. She, he's just freely letting them out of them. So they're able to go and pursue other opportunities. A return to impact is probably the most sensible. It makes the most sense. It seems like it's a thriving women's division. Of any of the promotions, it seems like the, it's the most exciting to be a part of. So again... D being the AEW NW um, NW no 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 being the AEW talent on the end of defending the oh, NWA okay. title yeah so defending the NWA title uh, we can't see that going anywhere but uh, it should just as well be an exciting match and um, fan of Allison K too definitely okay I I have I have an issue with something you've you've both said but I'll get to that in a minute in on the card. Okay, so I'm, I just want to pick out a few things here. The, the tag team championship, FTR against the Bucks. I think you're both bang on there. We spoke about this before we we went on air that the um, it's been pushed very quickly, very hard. It hasn't been pushed that well. The stories have been a bit meh at best, and these stipulations are pushing FTR into a corner because it looks like Young Bucks are going to win, much like how Kenny and and Paige were on opposite sides of the the draw in the tournament it looks like the the bucks are going to win this otherwise what's the point of the bucks although saying that one of the bucks i think it's matt is carrying an injury which is why they've only wrestled nine times in about six months i want to say it was a slight tear to his acl which obviously is knee and it limits what he can do in the ring mm. so that's that is an issue going into the match i'm sure he'll get protected and looked after but but it's looking like a young bucks victory. It's got it's got to be the young bucks victory with that with that stipulation. The TNT Championship. This is obviously a great callback to their their match, which was really really well appreciated. Um, of course, I can't remember. Was it last year? Again, I said before recording that Darby Allen is one of my little wingman's favourite wrestlers at the moment, and he um. He's super looking forward to this match just because he wants to see him, uh, Derby, use a skateboard in a new way that hasn't been done before. Okay, here's my gripe. The AEW World Championship, Moxley against Kingston. I said a few weeks ago that I am really, really getting behind Eddie Kingston. Obviously, he's been around for 18 years and any decent wrestling fan knows who Eddie Kingston is and his history. Did either of you see the promo from Dynamite last night between the two. I, I did. 
I absolutely freaking loved it. For for the lack of story or or story development, I should say, in the in the last few weeks to get to this point, last night for me, that promo sold that match. Absolutely sold that match. It hits everything you ever want in a promo. It put across how much Eddie wants that title, how, how much he's he's forsaken to get his chance at that title, how much he's going to hurt John Moxley to get that title. And then on the flip side, you had John Moxley saying, you can give it all you can, but you're not getting this because of this, because of that. It went personal. It went deep. It really, really amped everything up. And it's an I quit match. An I quit match is basically a no rules match. You can guarantee some shenanigans in that. Do I think Eddie's going to win? No. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did due to, sh- due to shenanigans. I did say this a few weeks ago. But if he doesn't win here, he's going to win down the road. This match is your low-key match of the night. I know we've all gone crazy about Paige and, and, and um, Omega. We all know that's going to be an amazing match. I reckon this I Quit match could be up there with anything ever. I, I, I know I'm putting myself out on a limb here, folks, and feel free once again, if this goes completely wrong, to hit me up on Twitter and call me an idiot. But I honestly think this could be an amazing match. It's going to go all around Daly's place. It's going to go everywhere. It's going to go backstage. It's going to go all in the car lot, whatever. But it is going to be full of emotion, full of violence and physicality. And I, that's, to me, that's all I want. What, what say you two? Am I wrong? Not I at all. Cons- yeah, I didn't consider the possibility of shenanigans, but at the same time, Moxley's had to deal with shenanigans before in main event match. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, he's even had to deal with the Dark Order. So I'm wondering exactly what it is that Moxley could bring. Obviously, the Lucha Brothers, but like, I haven't seen him much involved with the Butcher and the Blade lately. So is it really just going to be Eddie Kingston and his and and Penta and Phoenix? I guess not Phoenix because he's because he necked himself. But uh, is that going to be enough to to put down John Moxley? Who who was the third of Death Triangle? Puck, but I don't think he's going to be able to make it over. Mm, promos are starting. I know they've only just just started, but it wouldn't surprise me if he could sneak his way in and, and get involved that way. And then you've got you've got Pack against Moxley again, which again whets my appetite more than you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned there's gonna be another lockdown in England. So if there's a lockdown, how exactly is he gonna make the show? I don't know if he's over here. I don't know if he's over here or if he's if he's over there already. I, I I'm not too sure. I shall be Checking his Twitter for, um, to see how he's doing. <laughs> Makes it sound like I'm his friend, doesn't it? <laughs> um, oh, for, for, all, for, for all intents and purposes, maybe you are. <laughs> should have should leaned into that. Could have been a recurring joke. Mark is close personal friends with Pac. I've, I've, I've seen Pac wrestle. Oh my God, he is proper scary. When he's in character, well, he's always in bloody character, apparently. But, um, yeah, I was literally about 10 feet from him 
and he's going around doing somersaults and swantons and everything else. And I'm thinking, and this is on a broken ring, by the way. The ring had broke halfway through this match. And I was like, yeah, screw it. We'll carry on. Um, I can't find out if he is or he isn't. But like I said, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, he, if he was over there already and just before lockdown happened over here. For, you, for, for the, the people that are not British or English, there is a, a national lockdown over here. Uh, it came into force today. So it wouldn't surprise me if he jumped on a plane late last night. <laughs> but yeah, there's, I'm, I'm more excited for this AEW cards than I have been for the, the for, for Revolution, I think. Revolution was a bit of a meh. Whereas this one, I, I'm, I'm, there's two, three, four matches there which, which look, could be, possibly, fingers crossed, amazing. There we go, folks. Once again... We have dipped into a bit of fancy booking. We've gone through this weekend's card. As usual, feel free to blast me. I'm not going to speak for the other two, but feel free to blast me on on Twitter if any of my predictions and or stories are wrong or you just think I'm an idiot and I need pulling down a a peg or two. Feel free to... Have you been blasted? Sorry, have I been blasted? Not publicly. Not publicly. I have had a few uh, DMs where uh, my, my, how can I put it? My vernacular has been called into question. My accent, because I've even noticed myself on playback that I start talking posh-ish and then I will slip and I'll start talking like this and then I'll drop the T's and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so I get called out for that. Oh, will you stay like one dialect or whatever rather than switching. <sighs> but it's all right. I love it. I will interact with all of you. You know this. Um, by now we're 13 episodes in you tweet me i will tweet you back you want to blast me that's fine i can take criticism i'm a big boy and then what you don't hear is me cursing you as i'm talking about you behind your back it's all good so that there we go we're gonna wrap this up now because it's getting late and i have been awake for more hours than i care to imagine because the the aforementioned lockdown has played havoc with my work schedule um as always, you can download the Pro Wrestling Post podcast from your usual podcast providers, such as Apple, Spotify, Google. Uh, just type in Pro Wrestling Post podcast, and there we are. Once again, please leave us a five-star review. Just rate us. Just get us higher up those rankings. We need that money. We've got bills to pay. That's it. I'm going to pass this over to Pete and then to Mark to post their socials. Pete, what's your socials, mate? Uh- you can blast me online at uh, on Twitter at least at Pete probably. Uh, you can find you can read my weekly feature Brace for Impact every Monday on the Pro Wrestling Post website, and you can find me in real life on a heavily camouflaged island in the South Pacific, where I also live along with the International Rescue Organization. I love the fact that every time you do something like this, both myself and Mark just take a second or two just to it in and work it out <laughs> i'm not going to spoil it folks you yeah i figured i figured you would definitely get this one Mike. <laughs> you can work it out and uh just don't blast him on twitter just just say haha i've worked it out and then you tell him what what it is um mark yourself mate as i'm left here shaking scratching my head at at that um <laughs> and more so because i'm just not really sure where it came from but yet uh, it came and it and it and it and it's there 
So <laughs> it's on um, forever now. It is. It is. Uh, this will go live uh, eventually. Um, so uh, I'm not even sure what I was going to say. I'm completely fabricated. Um, it's your socials, mate. Yeah, it is my socials. I'm being anti-social. You can blast me too. I'm a big boy. Um, it's okay if if there's something that you have to say that you don't like that I said, please do. If you, there's something you don't like with what we do, please share that too. Um, criticism, even the harshest and most brutal and filled with four-letter words, uh, that's fine. Uh, we have to filter out and try and see where there is justified criticism. So, and to do that, you can reach me either independently at the Mark Madison or on our staff site, social at pro wrestling PST. You can also reach us and follow our Facebook page, triple W facebook.com backslash pro wrestling PST or on Instagram at pro wrestling post there we go they've they've laid they've laid the gauntlet down feel free to blast them i was being nice and, and protecting them but hey you, you you guys and girls crack on and as always if you want to blast me or or even be nice to me that that would make a change you can find me on twitter at mark blake pwp and then if you like the pod and you want to follow the pod for its its funny gifts and malarkey such like that you can find them at pwp underscore pod now next week is our third week of this this new format of ours where we take a promotion look at its past and look at its future next week we are going to something a bit closer to home for one of our guys we're going to be looking at impact wrestling and i think pete is really really happy about that yay so until next week i will leave you Adieu. Adios. Bye-bye. Adios. Hasta luego.